Hey everybody, welcome to the Ringing Ear Podcast brought to you by KillBoringMusic.com, your ally in the crusade against boring music. I am Joby, writer and photographer, former Californian, current Wichitan. Check me out at BooksOfJob.com, that's J-O-B-E.com. And with me as always, my co-host, my co-conspirator, my cohort, native and current Californian, Jeff Nail. Senior music critic at KillBoringMusic.com and contributor to outlets such as The Daily Beast and Billboard. Our aim this week, as it is every week, is to share with you our passion for music, chronicle our obsession with music, and above all else, help you avoid boring music. Because Jeff, what do we do with boring music? We sweat all day long for you, but we sow seeds to see us through. Oh, Nice. Okay, that's right. Yeah, seemed like it's 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 uh, apropos of the the episode. That's all. Think of Jeff and I as your metaphorical captains, helping you navigate seamen. the. Mer- our, we're <laughs> we're your metaphorical <laughs> seamen, helping you navigate the murky sea of. Uh-huh. Uh, wow, I'm losing it. I, I tried to go with yeah. the metaphor here and I lost it. We're Let's gonna just let abandon you... it because you just woke up and I am very tired. Well, you know, last <laughs> so. week last week I was so proud of myself for coming up with that whole like crossing guard metaphor. And yeah, this week I have yeah. nothing. Uh, and I was like, God, I have to go back to the, the captains of the auditory sea. But anyway, we want to help you avoid the bad stuff and what you let you know what you're going to want to put on a blast to keep your ears ringing. So Jeffrey, diehard nail, how are we doing this week? Uh, we're good. Maybe, maybe. I mean, this isn't the side of of, of labor, uh, the labor thing that I would take. But maybe we're the foreman of the of yeah. the factory uh, or something. Maybe something along those lines. We're the foreman of the factory, helping you, helping you navigate the workplace hazards, the OSHA. Uh, I was, yeah, the OSHA infractions. Were your OSHA reps, yeah. or union or union reps? Maybe I don't know. I think we've uh, I think we've hit a, a wall on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Well, that's okay. Okay, but anyway, otherwise, otherwise, how are we doing? You said you're you're not doing so hot today either. You know, it's funny. It's uh, it's it's sort of just the time of the year when it gets close for the eldest to get back to school. You know, he's all rested. And and we're just the opposite, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. I'm, and it's not even his fault. Somehow uh, this just happens every the last couple of years. Where uh, I don't know, I'm just ready for a structure again because we haven't really had one. So right, uh, it'll be nice to have it. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just a little. Plus, I've had a couple of late nights. You know, the insomnia that I was mentioning last week is still kind of lingering. So mm. I'm just going to take a real strong sleeping pill tonight and and uh, crash real hard. Oh, that's nice. Well, I'm yeah. going to basically be up uh, all night. I'm trying to stick to my work schedule, so I'm going to stay up all night uh, because I'm going to keep the uh, baby out in the living room. Because actually, my I have a new schedule starting right now because uh, Erica has been off work you know, with the baby. And uh, in the meantime, while she was pregnant, she got actually laid off. So she's starting a new job tomorrow. Uh, so I'm keeping the baby out in the living room so she can just get a, hopefully, a full night's sleep before oh, she yeah. starts her good, new job. Good call. And the step... Oh, so you're not even going to work tonight? No. No. Oh, I, wow. I would already be I would already be gone. I'd already be like leaving oh, if I was working okay. tonight. Uh, so yeah, I've had about three and a half hours sleep and I'm good to go. Oh, I bet you're not, but all right, if you say so. Uh, I'm sure I'll prove myself <laughs> wrong as the as the show goes on. Yeah. 
Well, well um, hey, uh, we don't we don't have any odds and ends, right? I forgot to ask you that before we hit record. Not 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 really. Um, have you do you have you been listening to the metal channel much this last you know, I don't know, two or three weeks? Satellites satellite has really left me limp lately. So the answer is yes. It's sort of the first channel on my presets, but uh, I haven't I actually haven't found myself uh, pausing at any particular channel lately. Have you ha- happened to hear on that metal channel any of the new releases off of D. Snyder's new album of Twisted Sister? You've brought this up before, and I, I do remember listening to one song. Uh, what, what's the what's the single called? Uh, the one they're playing the shit out of is the title track of the album called "For the Love of Metal," and it can't be good, can it? You know, it's not. Um, but the the first song that they played, which for whatever reason they're not really pimping, was not bad at all. I can't remember what it's called because they only played it once or twice. And I was like, you know, that's really not that bad for what I was like expecting. I was like kind of like preparing myself like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. And it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. But this title track, it's it's not good, but they will not stop playing it. And I'm now I'm starting to find myself waking up with it in my head because I've heard it so many times. Oh, isn't that a shame? And yeah, it, what's interesting is the, the whole album, I, I think, was co-written and, and produced by Hatebreed's Jamie Josta, which mm-hmm. I find really interesting. I don't know how he got the job or how he became the person to go to uh, to uh, to work with D. <laughs> Snyder. I think he's kind of the sort of the latest in a long line of metal cheerleaders. Uh, he's been appearing on Doug Love's movies lately, of all places, even as well. And hmm. uh, you know, I just it's it, he just seems to appear, even though I don't. I think he's probably more ubiquitous than than Hatebreed's music is. That's interesting. Uh, that, that's the best answer I can give you as far as that goes. Well, well this this song. It, I mean, it's only because I know that Jamie Josta was involved. I feel like I can almost hear the hate breed kind of template put on this uh-huh. song, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a part towards the end where all the where the uh, music kind of rings out, you know, for a, a few uh, measures there. And, and D. Snyder yells into the mic, We are all fucking metal! We are all fucking metal! And it's just like, <laughs> wow. And then that's what will get stuck in my head. Like, I'll hear the music, but then that part in particular just goes off in my head. I'm like, man, why did I do something to someone? And, I- and just for the, just for, so we can use this, a snippet of the song legally, this is a good song, not a good song? I mean, where do you fall? Well, it's just really corny. I mean, they, they keep playing a clip of D. Snyder introducing it, and he says himself it started almost as a joke. Because what they wanted to do was write a song with as many metal like album and song titles in it as they could. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics just are basically just naming off album titles and whatnot. And yeah. oh. I, I feel like it's just so gimmicky and so corny. I, I do not I do not like it. I uh, there's a couple things wrong with this, and, and I'm not saying inherently like this is a hard and fast rule, uh, but. Yeah, like you said, the gimmicky thing. I mean, that it's sort of a nice idea, but there, there's, there's two things. Go, especially, I'm thinking of here. A, it's a veteran, and a veteran. I'm assuming that hasn't done any, any, any actual projects in, in a long time. I'd be really surprised to hear that D. Snyder has had an album in the last decade. <laughs> Maybe he has. I don't know. Uh, but, but the other part is, I, you know, even if I hear, I remember hearing about like Phil Anselmo. You know, and I loved Pantera. 
but when Phil Anselmo had like a like a, a solo thing, I was immediately turned off, and I can't really name a whole bunch, but it seems like any side project or project with that stakes its name on a singer. Uh, not an instrumentalist. I, I'm sort of immediately like my antenna go. No, turn, turn here. <laughs> well, you know the the interesting thing about this is that the reason I guess Jamie Josta was even kind of on my radar at all is because the last thing that I'm aware of that he did um, was a solo album, uh, not terribly long ago. In the last few months, he had a song out with Tommy Victor from Prong that was part part of his solo album, and I remember at the time thinking. Why is Jamie Josta putting out a solo album? What is he making that is so vastly different from Hatebreed? I mean, yeah. he, he's kind of a one-note guy when it comes to his vocals. You know, it's not like he's mm. going to sing some, you know, some ballads or something on his, his solo album. Uh, that song was not that bad, though. It was it was a fine song. I mean, for what you know, it was whatever it was, it was fine. But yeah, I just <laughs> I agree with you about releasing something just hanging on the name of a singer. I don't think anyone really cares anymore, do they? Gimmicky on the name of a singer and uh, who happens to be an old guy. Uh, and not to say old guys can't do good stuff. They, they certainly can, but I don't. I would be really surprised to find that Dee Snyder is the guy that could. It, I, but, you know, I've been wrong before. Like, that Body Count album last year uh, was exceptionally good. Yeah. And, and, and not even as a low bar thing. Like, it's exceptionally good for an old band. good on its own two feet and i don't know what the difference is uh but that's uh, you know like body body count sort of the outlier where d snyder i'm assuming yeah. is what what you can expect i wish i knew what that other song was because it really wasn't that bad it looks like his last album was in 2016 oddly hmm. enough oh, wow. huh. okay well and anyway people didn't even can, hear uh, about it <laughs> yeah people can uh go find it and uh enjoy or not well they can try yeah <laughs> all right i'm gonna jump right into a current here because we are a few minutes in here already and i'm uh i have only, only heard the song a couple of days ago but uh once again kevin grossman uh is a man who continues to suggest really good stuff to me he's uh he's that friend of mine who is the he was the guitarist in uh, straight face and uh, he, he plays in a, a local outfit here in San Diego called Rat City Riot. Uh, he pointed out a band called Doc Hammer, uh, another local band from around here. And, you know, when, when you hear local band, I mean, do you, do you usually think, and what do you think when someone says, oh, there's this really good local band? Do you have instincts on that? Well, see, I think my, my instinct would be possibly different than yours because... For one thing, I grew up in the desert, and then I moved to Wichita, where there's not really a thriving scene of any kind, really. Mm. I mean, there's a decent yeah. metal scene, I guess. But So when I hear local, I was like, oh boy, here we go. I guess I don't know. I, I think my instinct says there's way more, quote-unquote, local bands that aren't good than, than our local bands that are. Uh, and luckily, Doc Hammer uh, appears to be one of the good ones. They've got two songs out right now, and uh, I thought this was appropriate. It's kind of kismet how it how it was suggested. Uh, I don't know if Kevin listens to the podcast, but he certainly follows us on on social media. And he is uh, when we talked to, uh, when we put it out there that we were doing songs about labor. He's uh, he was all over it, and I think this one sort of 
came out late. He has already suggested a ton of them. And oh, what about this one? So it's um, it's this song called "Wet Money," and it is it's. Um, I feel a little self conscious because I I just did a punk hard like a punk slash hardcore song last week, uh, and this is also firmly in that vein. Uh, but I started watching the video for this "Wet Money." They 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 produced a pretty good video. Uh, and I, and I mean that like, like the camera works exceptional for a, for a local outfit. I don't know who directed it or, or what kind of equipment they had, had going on, but it's, it's something else. Uh, but anyway, the funny thing was I'm watching this video and I think before I even realized that they were a local band, I recognized the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So I went, oh, they must be a local band because I know the Riviera, uh, room and, or Turquoise room and Riviera club. So anyway, um, this is a song, as far as I can tell about being a, being a bartender, He, he, the lyrics say uh, something to the effect of he may, you know he makes his living or he pays his bills on wet money, as in uh, bills uh, that, that you know gets gets wet on the bar. So uh, here you go. This will this will wake you up in the morning. I'm not your medium. I'm not your prophet. I am the salesman who keeps you here all night. I ain't your day job. I know you lost it. Won't I get cost you ain't worth the fight? Wet money. Wet money. That's uh, Wet Money by Doc Hammer. Uh, Joby, go. That seems like an awful lot of fun. I'm also looking at the video here as we were listening oh. to that. And yeah, that that's cool. I mean, that's, I, I don't know, that's what I, I think all local scenes need is something like that. Uh, I don't think, yeah, to, to my knowledge, there's nothing like that in Wichita. There's not much of a punk scene here that I'm aware yeah. of. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah I, you that's know, I don't nice. know about a. I mean, there is a punk scene here, and I'm not part of it, but I know it exists, and uh, I, I really hope that, um, you know, like I guess um, I, I veer more toward the, you know, for <laughs> this would be no surprise to you, my friend, but I veer more towards the heavier end of the spectrum of punk rock, like this, and I'm sure that they wouldn't even consider, and they might consider themselves a punk rock band, but this, this sounds, you know well within the hardcore uh, element more than anything. And I, I tend to veer that way more than sort of your traditional sort of, you know, British-inspired, uh, you know, 70s, 80s style punk rock. I really like this. This reminds me of um, uh, a really good band out of, uh, God, I think they're, they're somewhere in Britain. Uh, they're called, oh, my God, I love this band, and how am I forgetting their name? Uh, uh, oh my God, Gallows, Gallows, that's what they're called, uh, where the, 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 the vocals are just heavier than shit, and, uh, and the band is, uh, what did I say that one episode, tighter than a bullfrog's asshole? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, a lot of punk rock is messy, and, and maybe this is a little bit, but the arrangement is 
I mean, tight. And I'd like to point out that, Joby, you are contractually obligated, legally obligated to at least like this song because it is uh, three minutes long. That That is always a big step in the right direction. <laughs> we, we all know how I feel about that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's two minutes long. <laughs> oh, see. How, You're going to you, jizz in your pants. Buddy. You can't hate a song that's two minutes long. It's impossible. Uh, and actually, song length, song length is going to come up a couple times in this episode. So, yeah, we might as well touch on it now. It, okay, I don't know how long the song is, but let's remember that when we come to our unsigned artist this week. Yeah, it's going to come up in uh, in our on our actual list here and also in my also ran. So, yeah. Well, because, yeah, their All video right. is only 224, and it's got, like, an intro with no before the song starts, like, little. And, uh, so, and yeah. an intro, yeah. Nice, okay. Good stuff. What Doc do you got? Hammer. Uh, well, so I've got to uh, do my my uh, Spotify. Oh. I got to rectify the Spotify uh, oh, yes. because I was assigned the album "Turn to Gold" by Diarrhea Planet, also mm-hmm. in that somewhat kind of punk-ish vein. Yeah, we and... talked last week about how they are. I was saying how accessible their sound is, uh, and it's it might have been unfortunate to them, or maybe you brought this up that they have that name. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand why a band that, that could have this kind of commercial appeal or you know possible mainstream appeal would pick a name like that. I, that still kind of just perplexes me. I don't I don't quite get it. But you know, like we were talking about, so many of these bands come up with these names when they're either young or just barely starting out and don't think their band is ever going to go anywhere. So who knows? Or or even if you're in your 30s, it doesn't matter. You're just starting a band with your friends. You know, and I, I feel like no one goes into it expecting to be successful because that's a jinx, you know? And yeah, and that's almost kind of the, the fun of it. I, I, I love band names. I love like reviewing band names and <laughs> I love corny band names that don't mean sense. I mean, there are so many popular bands who have terrible names who admit they would have changed it if they ever thought they'd have been successful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Foo Fighters come to mind. I was just... Uh, the Beatles. I feel like the Beatles are were always self conscious about yeah. their, their stupid name. I uh, was I reviewed the Death Cab for Cutie and read an article uh, interview with Ben Gibbard, and he was like, "God, if we never would have gone with this name, had we thought we'd ever be you yeah. know around this long." Uh, but so anyway, yeah, Diarrhea Planet. Um, uh, shout out to Tavis Wirtz because he's gonna if he's playing a drinking game, he's gonna want to take a drink right now because I thought it was fine. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's all right. It. It's there's nothing wrong with it, you know. It kind of reminds me of Eat Sleep Catapult, our unsigned artist from a couple weeks ago. It's, wow, it's cool for what it is. I would never turn it off if it came on, but I hmm. I probably will never really like revisit this. Um, Did you happen to notice their guitar, their exceptional guitar work? You are a guitarist after all. It, Any of that stand out to you? Not really, no. It, huh. okay. it, I mean, I I listened to it of uh, I don't know three or four times, and it was kind of just. You know, in one ear, out the other. Um, That's too bad. Yeah. I really like this. I don't. I don't know if I love it yet because I, like I said, I've been. It was one of those bands that I never got around to until you know about three months ago, and uh, you know, just in time for them to break up, of course. <laughs> but uh, do you, do uh, did any song stand out to you? What are we playing? Uh, the song that stood out was kind of towards the end of the album. A song called "Hot Topic." And it's uh, a lean 305, so that's also a good thing. Uh, okay. But this one was just a little bit uh, snappier, just a little bit, had a little more drive to it. Um, yeah, this one just, I thought this was kind of the, the standout out of all, uh, what was it, 11 songs on there. So, yeah, let's go ahead and give a listen to Hot Topic.
Yeah, I just, I just, it, it seems like most songs on this album have this, uh, this melodic crescendo. Uh, and I just uh, I, I love a good key change or something along those lines. You know, it's it's uh, and maybe it is the kind of record that I just leave on. I don't know if it's if you know if I it's hard to tell. I'm going to keep listening to this obviously because I like it and I recommended it. I assigned it. Um, but but yeah, I haven't decided. Is this just the kind of thing that's kind of good and it's good to have on, or is this the kind of thing that I'm going to find uh, you know subtle nuances in the mo- in, in the songs and and really appreciate the craft of it i I don't know i I just i love um i love a a good uh power pop band more than i do a ska band though and i'm assuming you'd (laughs) the only reason i'm bringing this up is because of that thing you posted on facebook (laughs) (laughs) you would you would take ska over this i take if i was in a burning building i would grab ska (laughs) any day of the week i still can't believe how often that got shared and i don't know if we owe that to uh to East Sleep Catapult because they all started following the page and sharing that, or I don't know who was sharing that, but that almost kind of, for us anyway, went viral. It was shared like what, I don't know, a 20 some it, odd it times was, or something. Or? It, it was seen by like 3,000 people, which is which is a huge number for the ringing year. Oh, God. <laughs> Shit, anything into triple digits is pretty big for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's more downloads than we've had of all episodes combined, I think. So. Yeah, it's more than our episode uh, downloads and our uh, website page views combined. So, yeah, that <laughs> well, was a big number. I mean, we'll get there, buddy. Don't don't get down. <laughs> oh, no, no. I have total faith. I have total... Dude, I have to say, the website, I it, it's interesting. You know, last... What was it? Last month? No, the month before last, you know, that American Aquarium review I wrote sort of semi-went viral, I guess, just because it got shared. Uh, on a small scale, on our scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was far and away our biggest month as far as, like, page views. But this mm-hmm. month we're going to surpass it just because we're starting to show up on search engines and stuff. People are just finding our website just like <laughs> organically through whatever random stuff they're searching for. So it's well, that's it's, cool. Yeah, it's growing <laughs> kind of quickly. So that's that's interesting to me. I love watching those stats. I've never started a website, and I've certainly never started a, a podcast. And when we did, and I know you haven't either. I mean, you've had mm-hmm. your blog for a while, but beyond that. Uh, and and I, I think it's safe to say, I'm sure it's fair to say that neither of us had any expectation whatsoever. So already it's a huge success as far as I'm concerned. It's going cool. <laughs> like I, I'm so excited. And I mean, we're, you know, we were already kind of gearing up. We're kind of like focusing on getting the rest of the year kind of closed out. You know, we, we've got almost everything scheduled. We kind of are feeling like we're somewhat knowing what we're doing. And I, I can't wait to even see what you know what next year holds i think it's going to be yeah. fantastic it's just going to keep growing hopefully well only time will tell i guess but uh but it's either that way time joby yeah that brings us to the uh the elephant in the room uh our our topic this week i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this um because i had an interesting go of it this week uh we're uh, picking songs uh, in celebration of labor day we're picking songs about labor about work with work in the title um and there are an awful lot of songs out there about the working man's uh, dilemma, the strife of the working man. And yet I mm-hmm. I really had to search for songs I really gave a crap about. How, how did this week go for you? Fine. Um, I had... I'm so God, glad you it... said that. I'm so glad somebody else said it was fine. <laughs> I see. Let's see my list here. I've got 35 in the, in the running, but not even... All of those are necessarily, you know, I'm just sort of going by keyword on this particular list. And, you know, like um, 
I hate the pretenders. And I was like, oh, this is great. I can finally, I can play a song by, you know, like like our first episode. This is a good song by, a, you know, a band I cannot stand. Uh, but back on the chain gang, I, I feel like that's more about being in prison than it is about, or maybe it's not even about that. Like Sam Cooke's chain gang is about being in prison. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and, was uh, so, yeah, that was a mile. I wanted to I wanted to stick to the more traditional, uh, you know, definition of work, there, of which there is plenty. Uh, so I don't know. I th- I feel like I'm looking at probably still about thirty, maybe s- somewhere around twenty five to thirty songs. Oh wow! I total. did not have nearly that many. And uh, you know what's cool though? Th- this this week's uh, top three for me is perfect because it starts off with a song that's fine <laughs> there it is again <laughs> and then it goes to a song that's really good and it ends on one that just blows my uh my my uh what do i what do i usually say it blows my face off blows your face off yeah well, i um yeah i you know I, I have to say you know i don't want uh, people to get the wrong idea we had a lot of contributions online an awful mm-hmm. lot of contributions and they were all fine uh, there were some really good songs recommended out there, but I, I just none of them really, really did anything for me. It, it, I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to think. Somebody recommended a band. Uh, God, what the hell was their name? They were a, a punk band, punkish band, and they build themselves, or the person who recommended them build them as like the working man's punk band yeah and, and they were cool i mean there was a lot of just cool stuff but nothing that i really was like oh yeah i gotta i gotta play this on the show you know um, you wanted to ma- you wanted to make your spine tingle and uh, yeah and, you know just because the lyrics are about a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean that's that that's what it's going to do to you yeah and what what really ended up kind of working for me was to sort of loosen up a little bit my my thinking i i sometimes i tend to overthink and i think i was being a little too literal and once i sort of eased up on the definition of work i really kind of uh, found some more stuff that worked not just for the list but even for my also rans so um yeah i think it'll be interesting i'm, okay. I'm kind of curious to see how the how our two lists kind of match up here um, well uh where do we begin are you since you're kind of uh, you're you're not quite as uh, you know confident in your list. Do you want to start? Oh sure. Uh, actually, I'm I'm really happy to start with this song because as we t- touched on again, uh, you know I I am partial to uh, the shorter end of the spectrum musically, and this song is I believe a minute <laughs> and thirty eight seconds. So wow. Uh, in and out, no bullshit, and they even found time for a very brief guitar solo. So I mean, come on, how you know you got to give Whoa, credit where it's due. No joke. <laughs> this is from the uh, the 1977. Uh, uh, it's not. The, is it the debut? Uh, the self titled album from the Clash. Um, oh, what song is it? It's a song uh, called Forty Eight Hours. Oh, and, I didn't know that was on the self title. And it's basically a song about the weekend and uh, living it up before they go back to work Monday morning. And like I said, it's in and out, no bullshit under two minutes almost under a minute and a half and uh yeah Uh, let's let's give that a listen
I better keep that nice and short just in case lawyers come sniffing around someday. Uh, I know, I, right? It, I don't know what the rules are necessarily on fair use, but I'm sure using more than half the song is not part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I was just trying to look up that song. Uh, you're saying that's that's actually on the self-titled, and I don't know that album really great. Oh, it is on the self-title. There it is. The only song that really comes to mind is Jail Guitar Doors is on that, and I think Complete Control, right? I have. Or Remote Control. Anyway. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, there's one lyric. I looked up the lyrics real quick while we were, we were listening, too, and I uh, I really like how they they, they, uh, they characterize the weekend uh, as being, you know, 48 hours needs 48 uh, thrills. And at one point, early on, he says, Monday is coming like a jail on wheels. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great line. I love that. <laughs> that's that's uh, very, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I, you know, we've never really, you and I have never really talked about The Clash. Yeah. I mean, it's come up, but I don't think you had a lot to share. I mean, do you... Do you love them the way I do, or is it more of a, a sort of a benevolent thing? It's just more of sort of an appreciation than anything. Yeah. Um, I, am, I should have said it. Is it more of an ambivalent thing? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you appreciate them, but it's yeah. is it sort of like you don't listen to them very often. No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe I've ever even listened to an entire album all the way through. Uh, they oh. just, you know. Bring You're it on. tempting me to win again. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Hey, if my punishment is the clash, I'm fine. That's that's. I cool. guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, man. You know, that's in regards to like the whole it's fine thing. Like, I don't dislike much of anything. I don't really hate a lot of stuff, and I'm fine with pretty much anything that doesn't just outwardly just totally suck. And I have nothing against the clash. They have some great songs. You know, I think I think a lot of people tune them out because of Rock the Casbah bullshit like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I just you know? was never totally drawn to them. I I bet if I listened to them enough, I probably would be. You know, like if I see that's that's what I love about the podcast and being kind of forced to listen to things is because otherwise you don't necessarily seek out something if you've never really listened to it before. Yeah. Like, you know, if if I wasn't like assigned to listen to the Clash, I I mean. I have nothing against them. I just wouldn't go. I would. Oh, you know what I need to do today? I need to go listen to this Clash album that I've never listened to yeah. before. You know, like I don't you, have that mindset. So <laughs> there are worse things to do. Well, and I will say for the listener and for your sake, whether or not I end up assigning it to you or win if I win again or whatever. Uh, the thing that got me into the Clash was actually a live album that I don't think was. It, it sort of came with and fizzled immediately, uh, but but it's it's really fun to listen to. It's called From Here to Eternity. Uh, they have more than that as uh, as far as live albums go, and uh, I think that's the best one. So. Okay. Fair anyway, enough. Well, what's all right. your number three? Labor Day. All right. So um, my number three is a song called Looking for a Job, written by a man called uh, named Todd Snyder. He, uh, he released an album in 2006 called The Devil You Know, and uh, he is an uh, an, uh, uh, he's an Austin musician by way of Santa Rosa, California, by way of Houston. Uh, and he was discovered by Keith Sykes, which I, I don't know what he plays, but he was apparently uh, a member of the Coral Reefer Band with uh, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> and and he, he discovered Todd Snyder playing in a bar or something and signed him to Jimmy Buffett's label, which I think is Margaritaville Records. And I think Tom put, or uh, Todd, I always end up calling him Tom Snyder. Wasn't that like a late night host? Yeah, yeah. Tom Snyder. Anyway, his name is Todd Snyder, this musician. Um, so he put out a couple records on Jimmy Buffett's label, which, I mean, I, I guess you, you could 
maybe connect the two in, in tone, but there's really they don't have a lot in common. And then he got signed to John Prine's label, and uh, but by the time this album came around, he had been um, signed by oh hell, now I can't remember who a different label that was actually somehow connected to uh, you know like was a a universal subsidiary subsidiary of. You know what? It doesn't matter. The point being <laughs> that that uh, he, he sort of uh, gained some momentum uh, in, in music, and he just wouldn't go away, despite being uh, sort of known as a talented loser, uh, an affable maverick, or a, you know, like a charming ne'er do well. Um, so, which are which is the same as his characters in his songs, actually. And this song is no different. This song is. Um, Oh, by the way, Todd Snyder is the only guy I think I've ever known to release a best of compilation a mere four years after he debuted. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and even even the cover of that compilation, uh, he's smiling in a way where he's almost like reading your mind. Like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, he is... Um, I just I don't know I just kind of like his outlook. He I have a quote written down here. Uh, it's I think it's actually a quote from one of his songs, but it 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 pegs him perfectly. He's he's kind of in the Americana genre, by the way, sort of an alt country thing. Uh, but he says in one of his songs, "I never wanted to throw a fishing line in the old mainstream," and uh, and so that's that's kind of him to a T. This song, "Looking for a Job," is a, a fun listen lyrically though because. He, uh, it's essentially him talking to his boss, warning his boss that he says, look, man, uh, I, I, I was looking for a job when I found this one, and I could be looking for a job again, so don't push me. I know you don't want to hang this drywall, uh, so you know, just watch your step. Don't push me. And uh, there's this one really good uh, lyric in there. I'll have to find it while I play it. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, Looking for a Job by Todd Snyder. Can't talk to me like that, boss. I don't care who you are. If you don't wanna have to hang your own drywall, don't push me too far. Boomtown work ain't hard to come by. Boomtown workers are. You might be the one running the show. So uh, I just realized the song I just played us was uh, the live version because that's the only one available on Spotify. But uh, I wanted to highlight that one that one lyric. Uh, I'm sharing a room with two guys over at the Motel Six, boss. Spending every sending every dime I make here home to my ex-wife. Just did two years and 28 days with a little better aim. I'd been in there for my life. I, I like the, I like the idea of with a little better aim, it would have been worse. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I sort of thought the you know Labor Day thing. That's uh, it's sort of a t- telling off your boss in a way of by way of warning him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. what did you think of that? I'm 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 trying to avoid the uh, 
It's the, fine. I'm trying to avoid the Joby kiss off of, of it's fine. Um, so I'm going to go with <laughs> well, that. Let's or... put it this way. Let, let's put it this way. Is it mediocre or is it better than mediocre? I think that depends on your taste. Um, my other catchphrase is that it's it's just not fo- meant for me. That's that that means it, that's just not for me. I, it's not for me to say. I don't. Okay. I it doesn't do anything for me because it doesn't quite remind me of of something like you know like we, uh, we last week we played uh, Drive By Truckers and yeah. I had remarked how that reminded me of uh, some other alt country you know like American Aquarium or somebody like that and to me that is a little bit more. I don't know what the word is, edgy, a little more hmm. r- raw, a little more r- rough. I, I don't know what quite what the word I'm looking for is, but this lacks well, I, that. I guess there is more. I guess there is more gravitas to their stuff where Todd Snyder is a little more. Um, it, it, I always thought it's appropriate that he was signed to John Prine's label for a while because he reminds me of him. Uh, well, so if you're go. not okay. if you're not into that kind of uh, that that tone, yeah, uh, that voice, then uh, then I, I understand why he wouldn't be in a Todd Snyder. I would never say it's bad. I would never, you know, I don't, you know, again, I'm trying to avoid saying it's fine because I don't want to get Tavis drunk if he's playing a drinking game. But, <laughs> but that's how, that's just how I feel. Like it, it, it's, you know, it, he's obviously competent. He's obviously talented. He's doing what he does. And I'm sure people really like it. And if people don't know about him, they should, if they, you know, enjoy that music. It's just not for me to really say that he's bad or, I mean, you know, it's definitely not bad, but it's not, I, I can't tell you how good it is. I, I will admit it's hard to form an opinion in the moment, um, and you're a guy that doesn't want to upset anybody. But I, I swear to you, Joby, Todd Snyder will never hear this, so don't worry. Well, that's that's okay. I mean, he well, he should hear it just for your praise. But at the same time, I don't want to. You know, I'm not going to shit on him. Like I said, it's not bad. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't shit on anything that's not just outwardly bad. And if if y'all don't believe me, just stick around till the unsigned artist. Um, oh yes, I know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, but by the way, I think I can at least help you appreciate Todd Snyder uh, beyond the fact that he put out a uh, a collection of songs in nineteen. Oh, I guess it. I guess it did come out eleven years after he debuted. But still, it's it's a collection. He debuted in ninety four, and then the collection is ninety four to ninety eight. So I guess that's not quite as funny uh, as I thought. But still, mm-hmm. um, but I really like. So during the Iraq War, he he was sort of. One of those guys in in just just adjacent to country music that was kind of anti-war and uh, anti-Bush and all his bullshit. And in 2008, he released an album that called Peace Queer. You know, and I just nice. know that somebody called him that. You peace queer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and then he's got another. He actually had an album out as early as, or as uh, recent as 2016. Uh, but in 2012, he had an album out called Agnostic Hymns and Stoner Fables. So um, I, I just dig his deal. Um, and, you know, I actually am with you a little bit where the songs have never really knocked me out. Uh, but uh, but I've certainly liked him, liked them enough for me to remember this song. So right. anyway, I'm going to get you on the next one. I may, This may be strike one, but I'm going to make contact on the next one, I guarantee you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, um, my number two is like like I said I, I kind of I, I was taking the the work theme so literally I think I was kind of pigeonholing myself uh, shooting myself in the foot uh, because I kept running across the same songs over and over and and you know again the people on Facebook were suggesting some great stuff but to me some of it was a little bit obvious uh, and and you know I feel like if if I we can't come up with something a little off the beaten path we're not really doing our job yeah. So yeah, I, I, say, I, go for it. I wanted to avoid, you know, some of the, the obvious ones. And um, 
I finally loosened up my definition of work, and that's when I started popping across a few uh, a few different genres and a few different titles. Because what I what I did, I substituted the word work for uh, hustling, and I started looking up songs ah. about hustling because that's yeah. that's a different kind of work, but it's work nonetheless. And so what I ended it's up really with, just a synonym. It's it yeah, it, I think it translates perfectly. So uh, yeah, what I I found a, a few then uh, from hip hop that I really enjoyed. Um, one maybe also rants, but one is my number two. I'm not sure if you are gonna know this we, we talked about the band uh, clips before well the duo the group clips before uh it's push a t and malice oh um, yep push a t a, we meet again yeah so uh this is from their debut album it's a 2002 album called lord willen and this was a song that kind of put them on the map it was produced by pharrell williams and it's a song oh. called grindin and it's uh, basically about being out there slinging drugs and trying to get by uh, I have an also ran that's in a similar, uh, got a similar theme, but just for about maybe 10 years older or so. I thought but, they had an album before this because I remember them getting into some trouble just uh, just post 9-11. Do you remember that? Clips? I, I, I don't know. I didn't I, I really I could find... Have sworn, I could have sworn Clips put out an album and on the cover... I can't remember if it was after 9-11 or just before and they had to change it, but it was of the, the Twin Towers exploding. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> I'll know. have to look that up. I their their debut was Lord Willen in '02, and then what the album that I'm more familiar with, which I, I would assume is maybe the better album, is uh, Hell Hath No Fury, which came out in '06. That's got at least okay. three or four really strong songs on it. So, um, but yeah, this was the one that kind of put them on the map, at least uh, in hip hop world, and this is called Grindin'. Come on. From ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it whip on whip, it's off the hard. I'm the neighborhood pusher, call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack on the off the track. I'm heavy cuz, ball to your father, shoot the duck to the fetty gov. Sorry my love, but I'm seeing through these eyes. Benz convoys with the wagon on the side. Only big boys keep deuces on the ride. Gucci Chuck Taylor with the dragon on the side. Man, I make a buck while I scram. I'm trying to show y'all who the fuck I am. The Jews is flirting, be damned if I'm hurting. Legend in two games like I'm Pee Wee Kirkland. Platinum on the block with consistent hits. While Pharrell keep talking this music. Huh, okay. Um, oh, by the way, I was mistaken. Uh, the group that made the controversial album cover of the the towers exploding in November of 2001 was not clips it was the coup uh, i just oh, looked it up okay so uh, again we're i'm i'm sort of an imp- at an impasse here with this cuz i understand that people love clips and i understand that people love push a t but uh, I, I'm just listening to this. I'm like, wow, the production, the track is really solid on this. Why, why did they get it? Because they don't deserve this. <laughs> hmm. You know, like, like that mush mouth, he's doing that mush mouth thing and not even that well. I, I just have, um, and I've only listened to, you know, half of it probably since we've been sitting here and, and, uh, I have a hard time appreciating this, this, uh, this group of, uh, of fellas for some reason. Tell me why you like it. I I don't understand what's not to like. I, are you sure you like rap? <laughs> well, I think we've established I don't like push a T. I guess that's it. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with the the their delivery. Like I I mean, 
Well, I don't know. I guess I just don't really notice the mushmouth thing as much as you do. I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I It would just be nice if someone someone uh, w- was adding vocals over the top of this really crisp beat uh, that could actually tackle the corners, if you know what I mean. Um, it, it just they, they, they just seem so so soft where the song is so sharp. I don't know. Maybe that's a good uh, maybe that's a you know sort of a what do you, do you mean call that? soft uh, like is it with the delivery like their their flow or? yeah they don't they don't seem in a hurry to get their lyrics out you know what i mean they like the timing always feels off to me well i you know i will admit like i said i think hell hath no fury is a, a better uh album and there's at least oh gosh let me think um three at least three four at least three or four songs if not more that are probably better than that one um but okay. I yeah I I don't know man I really don't have a problem with any of that I I like that. How much do you dig this on a scale of uh, one to ten? I'd say probably like a seven. Oh, okay, but the well, uh, but then I if guess we I go, could meet you at least halfway there. If we get to the <laughs> uh, if we were to go to the other album, then we're looking at a couple at least eights easily. Okay, how so. how did you hear about this group? I'm just curious. I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember. I. Uh, I think I was, uh, I think I was just looking at some music online. I found them somewhere around maybe like two thousand eight or so, and I, I, I really, I have no idea. I, I might have been reading something about the Neptunes uh, or, or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the first song I found from them is off of Hell Hath No Fury. It's a song called Keys Open Doors, and I, oh god, I love that song. It's again all about selling drugs, and I think that's hilarious. I don't know why, but it's <laughs> hilarious to me that they were rapping about selling drugs, as as rappers, you know, like as yeah, you know, I I just yeah. So yeah, if I if I win the Spotify wager, I I might have an idea what to to give you. Okay. So um, you know, well, it's just it's just it, it is funny, and I know we've sort of talked about this already, but it is funny how like within certain genres, it's important whether or not someone authentically did what they what they're talking about in their songs. Mm-hmm. Like like with hip hop, if you talk about selling drugs, you better have sold drugs for real, man. You know, or, or else, or else the the press and you in in the the populace will find out and they will shame you. But whereas like any other uh, genre, say take country, like there's all kinds of country artists that are just complete fucking posers. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never they've never even seen a cow in real life, you know, right. or or a farm, and yet they've got all all the accoutrements that come with that. So. I just uh, it, it would be really funny if all of a sudden in country music it was really important for them to actually have been a cowboy or actually have lived on a farm. Well, you know, I read a, an interesting article, I don't know, in the last few months about Jimmy Buffett, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and about how what a what a corporation his brand has become and how he lives in New York City and, you know, just oversees this this empire. It has nothing to do with living in he didn't you know living on an island or anything. He's like as city as they come, and it's just this this thing, yeah. this image he's cultivated. But I bet uh, I bet the Grateful Dead are also guilty of that. I bet they're just rich as shit and they don't do anything. You know, right. not to say that their songs are really about anything in particular, but I bet they've been to their their <laughs> they've been to a fair share of shareholder meetings or uh, or you know or uh, high class art exhibits or right. whatever rich people do you know <laughs> well i'm being asked politely as we do this to try and keep it punchy so to speak uh, so okay. what is your uh, your number 2 that you promised to make contact here with i'm not even going to introduce this music or this song it does not even need an introduction 
It's uh, it's just so damn good on its own. I, I give you nine to five. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. to go out on a limb here and and i this is uh i don't know how defensible this is now that i'm thinking about saying it i think this is probably the best song dolly parton ever recorded mm, well i know I i'm know. saying that in the face of jolene but so yeah. be it yeah okay well that's that's fine enough you know fair enough um i think my my favorite my favorite line of this uh of this song is uh I don't know if it's repeated or not, if it's only a throwaway, when she says, it's a rich man's game no matter what they call it, and you spend your life putting money in his wallet. Fuck yep. yes, yeah. man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There's something so so fun about this song, I, and I hate, to, I hate to shit on country music again so soon, but... Um, there isn't an ounce of country in this. This is a pop hit, if oh, ever yeah. there was one. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, it's something about that Eye of the Tiger guitar. Right. And you, you can't you can barely even decipher it at most of the time, but but it's definitely got that dun da da dun da da dun, you know, rhythm right. in the background. And she's just so damn whip smart. And this song, Ken, I'm glad to tell you, two minutes forty two seconds. See, that's all the time you need. That's all it's you honestly, need. It's honestly all killer, no filler. <laughs> Yeah, so it, this song, I was really surprised to find that it was Oscar and Grammy nominated and not a winner in any categories, if you can believe that. Despite being a number one, despite being number one on the Billboard country list, uh, Billboard Hot 100, and the Billboard uh, Adult Contemporary. In, uh, this, this came out in 1980, I believe. Um, so, yeah, something else, I think. Uh, there is a bit of nostalgia in this, too, for me. Is that, Do you have any of that going on yourself? Oh, absolutely, yeah. This, I mean, I remember the movie very well, and even, but even just the song, it, it just kind of permeated like every part of my life because everyone in my family was listening to this song. My mom loved it. My grandma loved it. I mean, all the country folk it, you know, that I touched on in the country episode, all my family who liked country liked it because it was Dolly. And so, yeah, yeah, I totally remember this song and the movie very well. I don't even remember my parents listening to it, but I just remember it being on sort of, you know, ubiquitously. And this was, I mean, this is the early 80s. So to me, this is the Elvira era. <laughs> I sort of regard it. Uh, my, my mom and my dad, especially my dad, I think was just nuts for that, uh, for that Oak Ridge Boys album back then. So, oh, sure. Uh, one thing I want to point out here, because I just, uh, I just, I don't even know how brilliant this is, or if it just sounds brilliant. Dolly Parton devised the rhythm of this song with her acrylic nails on a typewriter. 
I guess she was just <laughs> tapping and swiping them on it on it, and it's kind of perfect because that's that's where she'd end up being in the uh, in the movie, right, in front of a typewriter. Yeah, that almost sounds so. too too perfect. I get, it almost makes me like doubt. I go really. Uh, <laughs> what was she doing <laughs> at a typewriter? Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. wasn't exactly unknown uh, anyway, when this, this came out, so I was like, was she, why, "Why was she sitting at a typewriter?" But nah. you're not gonna you're not gonna hear Jeff Nail admit to this very often, nor are you gonna hear him talk in the third person. Uh, but uh, this is a pop hit, and I I love every ounce, uh, every note. Of yeah, this song. I, I, I challenge anyone to tell me that's not a fantastic song. I mean, the horns alone, it's just so great. <laughs> right. Anyway, if you're curious, it's a 1980 album called 9 to 5 and Odd Jobs. And uh, like I said, it was a huge hit and it deserved to be. So anyway, uh, unless you got further thoughts on old Dolly. No. Oh, by the way, she looks, I always remember her being old. I remember someone pointing out to me when I was a kid, wow, she has really big boobs. Isn't that something? And, and sort of me getting the impression early on that that was what she was selling was her boobs. But she always looked old to me. You know how kids are. That you know, if you're if you're over twenty, you look like mm-hmm. a fucking geezer. Right. Uh, and but looking back on it, my God, whew, hot to the touch that Dolly Parton. Yeah. That brings me to my number one, which makes me kind of excited because um, a a couple things happened. I um I loosened up my my uh, definition of work, um, but I also just started looking around at at a little more. Sometimes when I look at at things that fit our theme, I will just dismiss them uh, on their face because it's a band. I don't know a band. I don't think I like or, or whatever. And I just kind of move along. But in this case, I actually stopped on one, a band. I don't know that. Well, what I've heard from them has never made me think twice. I've never really thought I would really like them because I hadn't cared about Mm -hmm. what, what they did. And then I listened to this song and it blew me away. And now I'm rethinking everything I thought I knew about this band. And I'm like, my God, do I need to go back? I think I have to go back and revisit all of their music because this is not huh. this is not what I had expected. So we're, what we're talking about here is a band called Modest Mouse, not any not some unknown band. I mean, it's a well-known oh, band. Yeah. Everybody knows. Um and I don't. I couldn't even tell you what songs of theirs I know. I, I mean, I've heard a, a handful, and like I said, never I, thought twice. I um, guarantee we can't do them for the Spotify wager because I guarantee the number one song is "Float On." <laughs> I I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess, to be honest with you. My guess huh. would be this song because this is the only song I know the title of. Oh um, really? Okay. Um, and this is a song off of their fourth album, 2004's "Good News for People Who Love Bad News." Yep. And uh, this is a song called The Devil's Workday. And when I put this on, I mean, within five seconds, I just I had to I stopped what I was doing. And I was like, wait a minute. What is this? And uh, to me, this sounds like it, it sounds almost like the, the best Tom Waits song Tom Waits never recorded. It, it's just I don't I don't recall this one. It. It's not doesn't sound like anything I had heard of in, of them before, and I don't know if they have other songs like this. Um, it's got the Dirty Dozen brass band on it, and it's it's got a really kind of quirky but like dark, kind of sinister feel to it. And it's uh, basically um, you know the Devil's Workday. It's the devil kind of talking about his his thing. Uh, take a sack of puppies and set it out to freeze. Uh, you know, oh, no. it's just really, it's really morbid. And I love that. Um, of course you do. Of course I do. And, uh, I, 
Ooh, I just realized I forgot to check how long this is, but it is a very short song. I believe it's under three it minutes. So it's two nineteen. Let's let's go ahead and give this a spin. Tom Waits impression I've ever heard. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny that that. Uh, well, everything's funny about Modest Mouse to me. It's it's uh it it just real quick. Those horns are almost reminiscent of. I can't remember what track it is, but it's on Amnesiac, I think. It just reminded me of a radio, like a like a late album, like a deep dive Radiohead cut with those kind of horns on it. Uh, but yeah, Isaac Brock's a, a weird guy because he writes these songs that on first blush are just. I mean, they always struck me as just bad, just bad, not not well written, atonal, uh, you know, tone deaf even. And then you go back, and if you let it play, it will grab you. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this song, I, I think even just listening to this song right now, I'm like, I don't really love that song, but I know better because Isaac Brock has done me done me better than that before with stuff I thought was worse from the get go. So. Yeah, I don't know. It must have been weird for him to be popular for like a full year <laughs> because of that, that Float On song. You do know Float On, right? I, I'd probably know it if I heard it. I couldn't tell you right now that I do. Yeah, it, you couldn't you couldn't avoid it, I want to say, in 2004 or 5. Uh, oh, no I'll, I'll bet I could. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. They're actually uh, playing here in uh, October, so I hadn't really considered even going, but now I'm wondering if I should uh, change my mind. Actually, I bet they wouldn't be great uh, subjects for photographing, but, uh, but yeah, if, if it gets you close, I'm sure they've got uh, an interesting stage presence. So, And they hmm. put out a record after this called... Um, we were dead before the ship even sank, and that's another one. It's it's like this fourteen or fifteen track album that that it seems so full of garbage until you. It, it's almost like you have to give it a dedicated listen. Maybe it's a challenging listen, Joby. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and and uh, you know, th- like uh, like th- he can write pop songs, but he doesn't like to. <laughs> I know? see. I think he likes to. I think he likes to stay weird. So. Huh. Yeah, well, that's a good pick. I dig that. That really excited me, just the fact that I found something by a band I had previously written off that I really liked a lot. So, yeah, that's a that, that's a very re- rewarding pick for me personally. If if no one else likes it, I don't care, because that was, like, really rewarding. That made the whole week worth it for me to find this song. So, all right, so now what is your number one? Damn it, I love this song. And this is an old song. This was written in 1931. Uh, but before I get into it, I want to ask you, do you know where Labor Day even came from? 
Uh, I believe it was uh, named after Stephen W. Labor. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, we we have the labor uh, movement, the you know, the unions to thank for this holiday. And uh, you know, if you think about it, there there's no other holiday quite like it. There's no, you know, there's plenty of holidays for for dead presidents or people on money or or um, you know, I mean, there's there's the MLKs of the world and and or of the you know. Of, and that's a great holiday. And then there's Indigenous Peoples Day as opposed to Columbus Day. So I feel like we're getting a little bit away from the dead white men uh, place. But Labor Day is is strictly a holiday. I mean, not strictly, but it comes out of the labor movement of the of the, the early uh, 20th century. And um, the song I'm going to play for you is called Which Side Are You On? Now, it, although it's a modern rendition, uh, it was originally written by a woman named Florence Reese in 1931, and then it, the reason it was popularized is because Pete Seeger uh, recorded it in 1940. Um, and it's a song that was written during the Harlan County War, which was a coal labor dispute, or a, a coal industry labor dispute in uh, southeast Kentucky. And in 1931, you know, right in the middle of the Great Depression, uh, Kent- uh, Harlan local sheriff J.H. Blair uh, was illegally hired by the mining company in Harlan to um, to raid the Reese home, and uh, and and he and he terrorized the family. and the And the 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 union organizer was Florence's husband. I can't remember his first name, but I have it written down here. Uh, wasn't even there, or he. I don't know what the story was, but it was only Florence and the children. And this asshole sheriff just terrorized the family for a full night, and then after the man had left, Florence wrote the song on the back of a calendar uh, to the tune of, um, I guess it's contested what the tune is. It's either a, a ballad called Jack Monroe or it's a Baptist hymn called Lay the Lily Low. Um, but anyway, the the it's been redone by a number of people. Billy Bragg does a really great version with an electric guitar, and that's that's the, the only instrument on his track, and Pete Seeger has a version, and there are many people that have recorded this. and uh, But Annie DeFranco... Who I'm not actually a huge fan of. She she strikes me as kind of annoyingly quirky a lot of the time, and and every time I meet someone who likes her, I always want to like pick their brain. Like, what do you like about her? And I actually think of one friend in particular right now. I don't. I feel I feel like I know she likes her, and I, I've never asked her why. Anyway, uh, Annie rewrote lyrics where um, she added added lines like, "Are you a part of the solution or are you part of the con? Which side are you on now? Which side are you on?" And um, you know, we never really planned on doing songs of the resistance, um, but if we if we had actually done it or if we do it, it's going to be hard to keep this off the list. To me, this is one of the greatest protest songs ever written, uh, and the idea that it was written in the kitchen on the back of a calendar on the same night that this poor woman was terrorized by the local sheriff just seems, I don't know. It feels uh, it feels uh, like the most damned authentic thing I've ever heard of. You know. They stole a few elections, still we the people won. We voted out corruption, big corporations. We voted for an end to war, new direction. And we ain't gonna stop now till the job is done. Good workers, this year is our time. Now there's folks in Washington that care what's on our minds. Come on, come on. 
Labor anthem, which side are you on? Recorded by Annie DeFranco. Thoughts? I I guess I'm on the wrong side. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you don't like it? I love the intro. I love that banjo, and uh, I love the way it comes in after that, the first, uh-huh. what would that be, minute, minute and a half or so. And for yeah, me, from there, it just it just just spirals into just utter monotony. I I oh, got man, so bored with that song. Fucking crazy. It doesn't even change. <laughs> there's no there's without the vocals, you can't even tell where verses or choruses would go cuz it's it doesn't change for like it's a six and a half minute long song for one thing, but I'm not going to even touch that. <laughs> I, I have a, also ran longer than that, so I'm not even going to touch that. It's just okay. so monotonous. It Wow. It just drones on and on. Well, and in, in its defense, uh, first off, I think you're crazy. But the but in its defense, I will say, you know, to me, this is kind of it's it's more of a let's call it a march. You know what I mean? It's um it's it's a song with a purpose instead of just a song. And maybe maybe that does make it sort of where it needs to be simplified. I don't know, but that never bothered me. And matter of fact, Andy Franco's treatment here is uh, kind of explosive. I. I I sort of, and and I I won't make any secret of being having sort of socialist tendencies, uh, you know I'm not, you know I'm not like a Stalinist or Marxist or anything, but I you know I would like socialized healthcare, and uh, when I think about our leadership in Washington right now and I hear this song, I, I want to go start marching the streets to it. Uh, it's 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 sort of um, to use a word I hate using. It's a it's inspiring. To wow. Me, so, yeah. And you know it's a labor anthem, so I figured Labor Day. Sure. No, I get it. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I mean, I. The most in, in incendiary, you know, vocals to me just can't make up for that that monotony, man. That that music huh. is just it just drones. It just maybe I should have uh, maybe I should have picked Billy Bragg's version. Maybe you would have dug that because you're a sexist. Oh, sure. Let's go there. Okay. <laughs> Anymore, and which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? No, I just I just don't like boring music, man. That's it. Oh, how dare I'm you! Sorry, all right, to me, well, that let's, is let's boring. Because if you want to get to boring, you need to get to our inside artist. Oh, week. good Christ! Yeah. Well, uh, let's, well, let's do our uh, let's do also rants first. Okay. Um, I will I guess just list mine off because I only have a fraction of the ones you have, and again, yeah. these are not anything real real surprising. Um, Actually, one of my closest also rans. I don't know if you know this song or not. It's a song by Todd Rundgren called Bang the Drum All Day. Yeah, that's one of mine. I, I, I really enjoy that song, and I, I came pretty close. It reminds me of that Christmas song that they wrote on SNL about 10 or 12 years back. The, right, I, I wish right. it were Christmas today. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same kind of fabric, if you ask me. Well, back in my <laughs> early days when I listened to FM radio on uh, KLOS in Los Angeles, they played that song every Friday at 5 o'clock on the dot. Oh. So it was just always, I heard it all the time. Um, yeah. In hip-hop vein, I had Notorious B.I.G. Everyday Struggle, another drug-slinging ch- uh, song there. Uh, there was Johnny Paycheck, Take This Job and Shove It, a song yeah. I remember pretty well, but on- honestly, it didn't hold up quite like I thought it would when I listened to it. 
Um, you know, I hate. I don't want to give shit to our listeners, but a lot of their stuff was kind of boilerplate mm-hmm. songs about working, and that's that's sort of the number one. I'm like, that's. I get why you you're saying that song because lyrically and contextually, it's it's about work, it's about laboring, and but it's not a good song, right? Not really. I mean, it's okay. I mean, okay. I, I like it. Yeah. I like what it has to say, but that's about it. Um, uh, my friend Eric commented on Facebook and uh, suggested Roxanne by the police. I thought that was an interesting choice because that's about a different oh, kind yeah. of work. Uh, so that was cool. Oh, um, that is fun. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Working Man by Rush. Uh, one of my one of my favorite Rush yeah. songs, actually, that doesn't feature Neil Peart anyway. Um, oh. Uh, Devo, Working in a Coal Mine, the cover of the old... Uh, Oh, God, I forgot the guy's name, Lee something, who did the original. Uh, but I didn't want to go down that road. We've already talked about them. Um, I had, well, I mean, also too obvious. So I wouldn't have put it on there. But Hard Day's Night from the Beatles, about working. That's yeah. that's a strong song. And then almost, uh, just because just I, I, I knew how bad you didn't like it, I almost went with <laughs> Work It by Missy Elliott, just to, just to let you go off. <laughs> but I didn't want to give Missy you the satisfaction. <laughs> Um, the most overrated, uh, art, I think the most overrated artist of the 90s, hands down. But that song, that song is not. Oh, but before I forget. <sighs> I have to listen to it. Before I forget, though, I, I, I would be remiss because I've already mentioned it like three times. Um, one of my other top also rans uh, is over eight minutes long. Um, mm-hmm. It's, well, the actual, the 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 edited version that became a hit was only four minutes. Uh, but uh, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Yeah. When I was about 12 years old, when that song came out, I thought that was the most awesome guitar lick I had ever heard in my life. And, yeah, it is uh, a good lick. I went back to listen to it, and I'll be damned if I didn't sit there and listen to that whole eight-minute-plus song. Oh, wow. I mean, I... and so, I So out of character. And, and the intro, the intro alone is like a minute and a half. And it's a very kind of a oh, yeah. Pink Floydish sort of an intro, but Ugh, God, it yeah. builds up. It builds up so well. Oh my God, uh, that song really held up for me surprisingly well compared to like Johnny Paycheck. There's a couple of songs on that Dire Straits record that I think have aged remarkably well. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's um, let's hear some of your uh, your 30 plus also rants. <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll try just to list uh, fewer than that anyway. Uh, so there's always Working Class Hero, a rare good song out of the John Lennon solo canon. Uh, there's an Uncle Tupelo song called Grindstone, which is really good. Well, you know, my beloved Elvis Costello's My Amos True album has Welcome to the Working Week. That's the track one on that record. Uh, the Gonads, sort of a no-name band, uh, has a song called Jobs Not Jails. Rise Against has Re-Education Through Labor. Bob Dylan has Maggie's Farm, and I don't even really love the original version, but some of the live versions are great. Um, I have Working Man's Blues, Merle Haggard. Uh, I got Finest Work Song by R.E.M. The Henry Clay people have Working Part Time, which is a fun song. Uh, so we, and I sort of have mixed in here the suggestions from social media. Uh, RuPaul, Supermodel, You Better Work. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, working. Let's see, where am I? Hudson Falcons, that's another Kevin Grossman suggestion. Uh, someone suggested Pulley, Working Class Whore. You know, that's a band I never got into. That's one of those bands, Pulley. You remember them? Yeah. Like, they're a punk band from the late 90s. I'm like, I don't, I remember stalking them. I, I never, I've never heard a note, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I saw that suggestion, and I went and listened to that. And uh, It's about what I expected. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, again, it's fine. 
It's, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Oh, speaking of which, hey, have you ever heard of a band called Margate? Uh, yeah, actually, that was uh, that was suggested. God, I want to say that was another, another Kevin Grossman. Kevin Grossman really went crazy in, on our Facebook this well, week. Well, Robbie, which uh, Robbie uh, King suggested them, or well, no, he didn't suggest them. Uh, he replied, I think, to Kevin's <laughs> comment because it turns he, he out he knows a guy. Yeah, and I know him too. I, I mean, not like very well. We haven't talked in like 20 years, but we, we uh, <laughs> he used to come into the music store all the time and he ended up working at the music store there at Rollover Beethoven's. You're kidding me. He, no. Margate's like a, like a Victorville band? No, no, I think he moved. I think he moved out of the desert and went down to like L.A. Oh, I see. But uh, but yeah, Leo Frana used to uh, come in and I, I was like, what? And when I saw him comment that Leo had been in the band, I was like, wait, that Leo? And so I went and looked him up mm. on... Uh, wikipedia and i was like oh shit i'll be damned okay well i have one degree of separation from margate i guess well that's cool sure uh let me just let me just add a few on here um the platters 16 tons remember that song i'm sure oh yeah 16 tons what do you get hard worker by the avid brothers tom waits he man we can't seem to get away from tom waits i mean this is like the third or fourth week in a row he's come up period he's got a song called i can't wait to get off of work uh, there's a song called Right to Work by Chelsea. There's a song called Dear Boss by the Clancy Brothers. There's, of course, that Cage the Elephant single that no one could escape for a number of years called Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Uh, Flog and Molly has something called Far Away Boys. Uh, and I think the same uh, Samuel, the same Facebook uh, suggester, also suggested the Downeaster Alexa, which I will admit is a rare okay song on a on a overall a terrible album, a Billy Joel Stormfront. <laughs> so uh, I think that about covers it, really, of the stuff I wanted to mention. Um, we should probably get to Spotify. What are we doing? Uh, let's see. You want to do? Ah, uh, man. Oh, you know, I was, I was. I'm sorry, I was actually looking at the list here uh, as far as suggestions. We actually did get a suggestion for Elton John, which it would be an easy one to do. I can't remember what's... It was like uh, it was like a track from the Yellow Brick Road album. I, I, I wasn't familiar with it, but I just wrote down Elton. And I just mentioned Billy Joel. I guess that'd be an easy one to do as well. Whatever you, whatever you want. Um, I'll do Billy Joel. What the hell? Okay. You should go first, though, because you oh, lost. Oh, that's right. Uh, I lost, so I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I will go with uh, Piano Man. Oh, good call. Okay. I will go... Man, I, I want to pick We Didn't Start the Fire, even though I know people hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, ah. Oh. All right, so Piano Man. I mean, the only other song I can think of is Uptown Girl. That was like like my mom's favorite song like ever you know what fuck it i'm gonna go with we didn't start the fire because okay. even though people hate that song i feel like that is i feel like you know it's one of those songs you couldn't get away from so i'm you know i don't i'm not saying anyone's listening to it on purpose but i bet spotify plays it anyway you know right yeah so okay billy joe man he is a gray-haired old man isn't he okay well, Ken Joby, congratulations. It looks like I would have lost no matter what. Oh. Uh, Uptown Girl. I'm sorry. We Didn't Start the Fire has 85 million listens, plays. Uptown Girl has 134 million plays, but Piano Man, 196 million. All right. Clear favorite. So. Excellent. Piano Man, bottle of red, bottle of white. What do you got? Anything? Or do you want to? Do you need a minute to Well, I mean, I, I don't think any additional time would help me at all. 
Um, uh-huh. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you Hell Hath No Fury by Clips. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't be able to think of something better in the time that we have, so let's just go with that. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, you want to start us off, start off the closing then? Yeah, absolutely. I want to congratulate every one of you, all 12 of you, for making it through the end of another Ringing Ear episode. Uh, and please make sure to follow us on social media, at the, soci- at the social media. <laughs> I'm <laughs> funny. Uh, at the Ringing Ear, Instagram, Twitter, the Ringing Ear on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ringing Ear. also want to thank the uh, people who have started writing reviews for us on Facebook or suggestions, recommendations Recommendations, for us on Facebook. That's, that's great. I I really enjoy seeing that. Yeah. Um, Also don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And if you haven't really, what's wrong with you? Uh, And also, uh, you know, review (laughs) us on your podcast delivery system of choice. Um, Yes, please. uh, Don't forget. You can hear past episodes, access the concert and album reviews, Spotify playlists, photo galleries, all at killboringmusic.com. Your ally in crusade against boring music. We've got the Slayer review and photos up. We've got the Death Cap for Cutie review up this week. Um, and you know, we are such good writers. Even if you don't like Slayer, you should definitely read Joby's words. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read it, you might might wonder if I like Slayer. Our producer's name, I have it written down here somewhere. Oh, there it is. Uh, Jeff Nail and Ken Joby are uh, the, uh, the producers of this particular show. And our intro music is uh, a, a song called Set Guitars to Kill, written and performed by uh, And So I Watch You From Afar. Their website is asiwyfa.com. Uh, and Unsight Artist, don't forget you can submit your work, your songs, your, your music, shitty or great, at killboringmusic.com to be featured in our Unsighted Artist Spotlight which we are about to do. Joby, who's in the spotlight this week? This week, we are featuring a massive turd of a song called (laughs) Rep Yo City uh, by an act called Baby Girl Oksana and Mr. Mav. Uh, And this is, uh, I would say, aside, quality aside, this is probably the most, one of the most unique submissions we've gotten. uh, Because most of what we get falls along certain lines, you know, musically speaking. Uh, this is very different. Uh, this is like, I guess, is this pop? Is this, is that what you'd call it? I would, I would, they called it some other bullshit, but this is definitely a pop song. It is not good. I, <laughs> I, we've had this, we've been sitting on this for quite some time because we needed, mm-hmm. we, we, we wanted the right episode to unleash this monstrosity. Um, and when it, Although we, I don't know why we picked this episode. I feel like it was kind of random. Well, I guess, but I feel like it just depends on how negative we are throughout the episode. You know, <laughs> if we're like kind of negative about other stuff already, we don't want to just keep that going. So we had a fairly yeah. positive episode. Um, but w- when this got submitted to us, I listened to it and I my jaw dropped because this is so bad. I, it's I, it's so tone deaf and, and uh, unaware of how vapid it sounds. Oh, perfect word for it. Vapid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, mm. it's, there's, there is absolutely, this is a sandwich with nothing between the bread. There's just nothing there. It's I'm, incredibly awful. I mean, we, we pretty much guarantee anyone who submits to us that we will eventually get to them and play their song on the mm-hmm. air uh, with the, yep. the caveat that it won't necessarily be pretty. If we don't like it, we will say so. And, and, you know, I especially do not like to, piss on unsigned artists because i you know we've we've been there we know what it's like to struggle as a band and sometimes 
you're not putting out good stuff. Like I, I get it, but good yeah. God, this is terrible. This is just awful. So this is this is a pop singer, I guess you'd call her, even though all she really does is coo like an idiot through the entire track. Uh, she calls herself Baby Girl Oksana, and, you know, she's like a pretty girl, I guess, lady. Um, she She's the kind of girl, though, if I was still dating and I was going through OkCupid, okay I would probably swipe whichever. Actually, OkCupid never worked that way, but. Uh, I would not I would not elect to contact her because just looking at her, I'm like, oh, my God, she looks like so much work mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like this. She, and, and she says in her bio, which is actually kind of hard to find. She's uh, half Russian, half U- half Ukrainian. Uh, she moved to the U.S. when she was three years old. Uh, her family settled down in Washington, and that is where she found her musical aspirations. Uh, you know, kind of boilerplate. She always knew she wanted to be a musician, but. From what I can tell, all she does is pose for the camera and and uh, and coo like an like an imbecile. So I I don't know. She says in 2006 she met Mr. Mav, and you know I think these these two are are based in Vegas. So maybe maybe that maybe okay. Here, let me play devil's advocate. Maybe this is on purpose. Maybe it's vapid because Vegas is vapid. Maybe this is like I'm a pretty girl, and I just you know that's kind of what Vegas that's the that's the currency here. So maybe that's why we chose to do this. But that doesn't mean we have to like it. That's true. I mean, yeah, for all we know, maybe she's in high demand in Vegas. Maybe she's got, you know, a residency somewhere that we don't know about. I mean, who, who knows? Um, I highly doubt I, that. I don't think I don't know if we have any <laughs> listeners in Vegas who could check for us. Uh, that's see, that would be the ideal thing if we started getting unsigned artists and then we had listeners in that city who would actually go and find the bands and like listen to them or go see them live. Mm-hmm. That would be the best. Yeah. And then we could like get a scouting report from them or, you know, find out <laughs> what they thought. I actually, I actually blew an opportunity to do just that last week. Cause remember, you remember the other, the other musician we trashed on the show a while back was that go man, go, go man, go, right. whatever you want to call him. And he, he played a set here in San Diego and I, I completely spaced on it, but I thought, Oh, that would be great if I just showed up to his gig and, you know, just kind of got a reaction and wrote something up, but right. I missed it. So, uh, yeah, it would. Oh, by the way, I want to point out th- this is laughable, and maybe I should. You know, I, I'm I'm a self-deprecating guy. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> that I'm a gifted anything. Uh, but she says here that she won several awards for her poetry at a young age, which is hilarious because this song has no poetry what's it barely has words <laughs> you know it's like she just repeats herself so it's it's funny that her bio says anything along those lines because it's it couldn't be the furthest thing from poetry i think oh my god that sounds anyway. like the kind of claim that anyone could make like oh did you really so did <laughs> yes. i yeah i got an a in the third grade on my haiku <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> was know? i was awarded an a for my for my poem poetry yeah i i won too i so well, funny. Anyway, All baby right. girl Oksana. All right. Well, well where are we? So uh, yeah, I guess that that pretty much does it for us. Here is uh, Rep Yo City. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. we forgot to plug next week's episode. Yeah, that's right. I I had it here. I I was uh, I, I just l- overlooked it. Next week we are talking about school songs about school. If you're yeah, listening, because uh, school school started or is starting, and uh, you know, I know, I'm sure not many listeners are in school, right? Uh, but you know, there's plenty of music about school. So, and, and you know. just a word of warning: if anyone posts "Schools Out" by Alice Cooper, you can kiss my ass because it's <laughs> well, just too obvious. Their, 
what they're going to post is a song you just included in your list on the hot episode, which is Hot for Teacher. Oh, well, that's not going to that's not going to find airtime. Uh, no repeat. No repeat. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. So, yeah, no Alice Cooper, well, anyway. no Van Halen. But anyway, songs about Plank. school. So shout out, yeah. give us a shout on social media. Let us know what songs about school you think we might want to know about. And in the meantime, here is this unfortunate song, uh, Repio City by Baby Girl Oksana and Mr. Mav playing us out. So this is Joby. And this is Jeff. And we are reminding you to keep fighting the good fight. Reject the rudimentary. Slay the simple, murder the mundane. Kill the boring, and for the love of God, don't listen to this song and keep your ears ringing. Amen, brother. Yes.